0: Couple of gentlemen join us right now, Nathan Rhodes and, uh, and Nick Seacom. Uh, gentlemen, good afternoon to you both. Nice to have you in the studio with us. Good
1: afternoon, uh, morning,
0: Tony. And we're talking about the um, the issue of a uh, fruit fly. For those of us who don't have a big backyard, we think, ah, oh, it's somebody else's problem. But obviously, you blokes do it full time. It's uh, Nathan. It's a, v- a real concern, isn't it? The the issue of fruit
2: fly. Absolutely, it's a concern. This is one of the biggest outbreaks that we've ever had, and so it's really oh, important really? to get on top of it very quickly. Yeah, and that's why we've been working really hard over the last eighteen months or so now to uh, to eradicate this one as fast as we can. So this uh, this outbreak you're talking about, one of the biggest we've ever had here. The the obvious question has got to be why. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, this is Mediterranean fruit fly here in Adelaide that we're dealing with, and that's come from Western Australia. That's the only place in Australia where this particular species of fly is established. Yeah. So we know it's come from there. Um, and what we, we really don't know is actually how it got here and how it became established. So, we so know that's a concern in itself, isn't it, how it got it, here? It is, it is. Yeah. Um, so we've, we've uh, got controls in place on all the commercial pathways into South Australia, and we have a really good handle on making sure that the fruit that comes from Western Australia is appropriately treated. Uh, and that that's, gives us good confidence that, uh, in, in general, we've got that pathway covered. You've got a question for the gentleman.
0: Uh, Nathan and uh, Nick are with us right now. 8223 0000 is that, uh, that telephone number of ours? Nick, um, are there overseas variants of uh, fruit fly? I'm just thinking of, of COVID and we're talking about the variants that are available. I mean, uh, Nathan's just mentioned, uh, are there overseas variants of fruit fly?
1: Yeah, so internationally there's a lot of different fruit flies oh, out there, there? Tony. Um, obviously the one we're dealing with here is Mediterranean fruit fly, and that's been a problem through the Mediterranean and Southern Africa for for a long time. Is it one of the worst types? Yeah, it is, because yeah. it's, it's one of those things. People think of fruit fly as a, as a tropical pest, but, but Mediterranean yeah. fruit fly grew up in the Mediterranean, and so it's actually quite suited to that Mediterranean climate. So how would it get here, for God's sake? Uh, well, it's been in Western Australia, as Nathan was saying, for a number of years, and yeah. it's, it got introduced through trading goods, and we know that fruit fly travels in fruit, and so it can travel as larvae in fruit, and you know fruit gets transported around the world. So it can only travel in fruit? That's yeah, right. And You so see,
0: I've been under the misapprehension that perhaps in, in the wrapping of some of the fruits that we get from overseas, or or, or even in the cardboard boxes, or I thought, oh, it's <laughs> somehow or another get... But it's only in the fruit.
1: That's right, and we're finding, All particularly right. with, with Mediterranean fruit fly, it doesn't fly very far. But if you put eggs or larvae in a fruit, obviously fruit moves, and that's how fruit fly can spread.
0: Well, we've got these uh, these... Uh, you know, control points at the border. Uh, Do do trucks get tested? Somebody said to me, I know that when you're coming across, say, from Mildura, for argument's sake, you pull in there and they they ask the obvious questions. What about some of the big trucks? You see some of the huge big trucks. Uh, Nathan, do they get
2: tested thoroughly too? They they all get stopped. They all get stopped. 100% of trucks are stopped and uh, the driver of that truck will be carrying the appropriate documentation that shows that the fruit that he's carrying uh, has been appropriately treated, and they're the commercial controls that I was talking about. So everything has to be certified as being treated in a way that we accept to manage that risk of fruit fly. So that that's the the primary means of us ensuring that the fruit that is coming in on the trucks is not bringing fruit fly with it. Heather's email, Heather, I think the question's been answered. Heather said, like rabbits and cane toads,
0: was fruit fly introduced as as a mistake? But uh, but you were saying before that uh, no, that that didn't happen. It simply gets transported here
1: that's right mediterranean fruit fly certainly wasn't brought in on purpose it was it was brought in through fruit accidentally and that's that's how it's designed to move
0: yeah right. Is yeah. It, it? And you say that that's the worst strain of it, the Mediterranean fruit fly?
1: Oh look, it's particularly bad, and so we we've also managed um, another strain, the Queensland fruit fly, here in South Australia. But Mediterranean fruit fly is one of these things we know that it's it's more suited to our climate, and so it's 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 quite bad in that sense.
0: So a similar sort of a climate, so it thrives here. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> uh, the obvious question. What are the obvious signs? You've got a, you've got some fruit trees. Are there some fruit trees that are more susceptible to fruit fly, Nathan? Yeah, there
2: are. So there's a, a range of host produce for. fruit Fruit fly, and uh, in in terms of fruit trees, there things like your your citrus that you would normally grow in your backyard, your lemons, oranges, and mandarins, yeah. those sorts of things, apples, pears, avocado, for So pretty all,
0: well all across the board for God's sake. Very very broad here. range. of yeah. Posts. yeah. Um,
2: but not only that, it's also what we call fruiting vegetables, and so there your tomatoes, capsicums, chilies, and eggplants, oh, and those Jesus. sorts of things as well. So yeah. it really does make it difficult, and it's really is there important. anything that doesn't uh,
0: cop fruit fly?
2: Yeah, there are a few things: uh, <laughs> watermelons, pumpkins, uh, rock melons, and those sorts of things uh, really? are okay, but yes, it's really most of the the main popular fruits are, are hosts. Nick, uh, the, the dumb question of the day, and somebody's got to answer
0: it. What are the obvious signs that the, that fruit of yours in the backyard that you love? is infested with the fruit fly.
1: Yeah, it's not a dumb question at all. It, it, so the real telltale sign that you might have a problem is if you open up your fruit and there's something wriggling inside of it. Oh, yeah, right. And so, you know, if you find a little bruise on the outside of your fruit, that's where it's worthwhile to, to cut it open and have a look if you see anything inside. And there are other pests that get into fruit, but anything wriggling inside, that's when uh, we want to have a look. And it's, it's best to call our hotline on one 666 010 and we'll we'll make sure.
0: Okay, that number again, one 666 Oh, one, oh, that's easy enough to remember. Uh, This is from Gemma. Uh, Gemma, I don't know whether you're kidding, sends us an email. She says, a gentleman, your guest there, uh, Nathan Rhodes, and Nick uh, uh she said, are bananas susceptible to fruit for life?
1: They, they certainly are. Uh, they are. So then um, they do come in certified because most, you know, we don't grow many bananas here in South Australia. No. Um, and, and bananas, they are. And and one thing oh. about bananas is they do get picked in a hard green condition, and it's very hard yeah, for fruit fly to sting a really hard banana. <laughs> um, but they certainly can. Oh Nick, you're a spoiled sport. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought no,
0: oh, banana's going to be. Here. Uh, Fay at Windsor Gardens, our first caller for the afternoon. You've got a question about fruit fly, and there's so much uncertainty about it. Give us a ring eight double two three double double Nathan Rhodes and Nick Seacombe from the, um, the the department are actually trying to eradicate the damn things. Faye, good afternoon. Thank you for the call. What's the question for the gentleman?
3: It's a pleasure. Good afternoon to the both of you, obviously. I would just like to ask, when the fruit... Is collected from those that, that do the wrong thing. Have you ever found any good quality, you know, fruit that might be of good quality? And even though you can't bring it over into into our state from the borders, um, have you ever thought of donating this to charity? I can understand where you know where maggots are involved. You certainly don't, nobody certainly wants that. But with charities struggling to help people that are struggling. Um, why not donate the good stuff to the charities to help those that, that are in need and then, um, you know, keep the bad stuff away?
0: right. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> neither of the gentlemen who answered the question. <laughs> oh, we can sorry. That I'm sure. Look,
2: yeah, when we do seize fruit at the the border control stations, part of the process there is to actually check the fruit to see whether or not it, it is infested with any fruit fly maggots, and that's a destructive process where we cut the fruit up and, mm. and look for the maggots inside. So, unfortunately, by the time we've, we've uh, inspected that fruit, it's really not in a, a condition where it's going to be much use to anyone.
3: Okay, thanks very much.
2: Faye, thank you for the call. You've got a question about fruit fly, and there's certainly
0: some questions out there. Call us now on 8223 0000. This is from Andy. He said, um, are there certain times of the year, I'm assuming, Andy, you, you're a gentleman, uh, are there certain times of the year where we've got more opportunity to actually get on top of this scourge?
1: Nick? So you find that fruit fly does have times of the year when it's more active, and yeah. particularly those warmer months are when um, it's a really strange little pest because it can speed up its life cycle. When it's much more active, it can turn over its life cycle really quickly in the summertime. And so we've got an opportunity then, um, while it's really active, to control it. But coming into winter now, it's also an opportunity because it, it slows down, and the number of host fruits are probably a little bit more restricted. We've got the citrus and a few other things around, yeah. but but less variety. And so we've got an opportunity now to really clean up our backyards, get our fruit out of our backyards while there's less around and really take the opportunity while it's slowed down to get on top of it.
0: Right, Okay. So this is the time of the year that's, uh, from our point of view, it's more susceptible to get on top of the
1: damn thing. Real opportunity, yeah.
0: Uh, Nathan, you say that that fruit fly is not established here in South Australia. Uh, What do you mean by that exactly?
2: So... what that refers to is that South Australia is known to be free of fruit fly. We don't have a permanent uh, established population that is a breeding population here. So yeah. the things that we're dealing with at the moment are outbreaks. They have come from another state oh, and they okay. have um, uh, become apparent to us through our trapping network or by people reporting maggots in their fruit. So we, the, you know, we get in there and we, we started an immediate eradication campaign to ensure that we get on top of that before it becomes... Uh, a breeding population that is just part of uh, our backyard. So it's if you compare that to, say, the eastern states where we have Queensland fruit fly, and mm-hmm. that is very well established and very widespread, uh, and, in, and same in Western Australia where you have the Mediterranean fruit fly, there are existing and ongoing populations that are uh, established in those states. William from Mount Barker has given the gentleman
0: a ring. William, good afternoon. Welcome to the show. What's your question for our uh, guests?
3: Good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, now, basically, I... No, I've, got, oh, I've got a good couple of friends of mine who work for Pursa, uh currently, and I remember going back about a year and a half ago um, that uh, the original time frame was roughly about three months to be eradicated. Now, I've seen these guys still in the area and having friends in there, a part of the extermination team. Um, this has been going on for
1: nearly a year and a half. Is it out of control? So, William... Um yeah, so absolutely not and and I think what you're seeing there is the fact that um, we have a really structured process for removing quarantine when it comes to fruit fly and uh, it really does depend on the last single detection. We're that, we're that um, careful around making sure we, we get our eradication right. Every detection will restart that clock and so sure. while at the beginning we, we, we had that one detection and we um, thought well look if we find nothing else this will all be over in three months time unfortunately we just have to make sure that we don't call this thing too early and, and make sure that every detection we reset that clock and so that's what you're seeing there, is just making sure that we're out there treating all these areas and, and making sure that we've got it under control. Oh, fantastic. All
0: right, thanks, guys. Have a good one. Uh, gentleman from Claire, she said, if you're unlucky enough to actually have fruit fly direct, uh, discovered in your property... What are the um, what are the ramifications? Uh, are all of the trees taken out? Uh, the neighbor's are the neighbours' properties somehow or another affected? Effectively, what happens if you're unlucky enough to all of a sudden discover and then report the fact that you've got fruit fly, Nathan?
2: Yeah, so we'll work with the homeowner as soon as they report that that maggot to us. We'll send yeah. a team out there uh, to to look at the tree in which it's found, and once we've confirmed that it is a fruit fly, then we take our eradication actions, and primarily they will involve. Um, applying a ground treatment underneath that tree to ensure that, that no maggots have fallen out of the tree and, and buried into the ground. They like to do that so they can pupate in the ground and emerge as adults. So we'll put a treatment down there, cover it in plastic to ensure that we manage that risk. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll start our baiting program. We'll apply baits to the trees, which is uh, an organic lure that we use. Um, and we'll spray that in the trees and in the trees in the surrounding neighbourhood as well oh, okay. uh, to ensure that any of the, the adult flies uh, are, are eradicated as a result. Right. Nathan, <laughs> an, uh,
0: an obvious question. What could you do with your garden to somehow or another uh, alleviate the possibility of, uh, of getting a fruit fly, or is it just unlucky that you can look after your garden really well but the damn things uh, just fly in there and decide, hang on, I, I like those trees. Is there any... Are there any definitive steps
2: and things that you would recommend that you can do to look after the garden of yours? Yeah, look, the main thing that people need to do is just manage their garden well to make sure that as the fruit ripens, they pick it promptly uh, and don't leave it sitting on the tree and ripe. And likewise, if, if the the fruit uh, falls onto the ground, you pick it up quickly so that the, the larvae don't bury out of the fruit into the ground and pupate. That's when we start getting the, the right. breeding cycle. So if... Um, if if you go through that process, you look for sting marks on your fruit, as Nick mentioned, you look for the bruising, check your fruit for maggots, make sure there's nothing in there. Um, then once you uh, have collected up your fallen fruit, don't... Um put it in your compost and those sorts of things, because that will aid the breeding, put them into your green council bin, because that process will ensure... Oh, you don't put it in the compost? No.
0: no. Oh, I thought the compost, along with the, uh, some garden lime to kind of break it down, and it would be the way to go.
2: Wrong no, again. No, because the the compost, oh. yes it will break down, but it doesn't get hot enough for us to be confident that all the maggots are going to be killed by that heat. So you can put it into the green bin to be collected bin. by the council. So we've done some work with the council to ensure that their composting process reaches an adequate temperature to kill the maggots, uh, and so that's that's the best way to dispose of that. As thing. an act of decency, should you let the
0: council know that you've actually th- believed that you've come across some fruit fly?
1: No, that's certainly something we do, Tony. So oh, the you do that really, yeah. really well with us, actually, and they coordinate their pickups to make sure that we segregate our areas and they're all treated properly. You
0: know? um, Glenda's email: She said, "The gentleman, I was sorry to hear you mention that some certain vegetables are susceptible to fruit fly. Could you mention those ones again?" Sure, uh, so bananas. I mean, how did that ever happen? <laughs> God, oh God.
2: yeah. So the fruiting vegetables are the tomatoes, capsicums, chilies, and eggplants, and those sorts of things that that are affected.
0: All right, mm-hmm. this is an interesting question. An email from uh, from Sharon. She said, "Gentlemen, I'm hoping the answer to this is a very loud no." All right, Sharon. Well, I'll put it to our guests. Uh, does fruit fly affect wine grapes? Yes. Oh, now I'll give you a chance again. Now, does fruit fly
1: affect wine grapes? Well, can I, can I say it, does, it doesn't It does affect wine, but no. it does affect wine grapes. So, so, so we know that wine grapes can be infected by fruit fly and grapes in general, but um, wine grapes can be treated. And as you imagine, it's a destructive process making wine, and so we can um, manage that risk by making wine. All right, oh, that's a relief, just for a <laughs> yeah. moment
0: or so. I was a bit panicked there. Uh, Nathan Rhodes and uh, Nick Seekham are our guests this afternoon from the Department of Primary Industries and Regions. You've got a question about fruit fly. It's an obvious concern in this state of ours. Uh, hopefully, perhaps we're well. The, the gentlemen are kind of working to make sure that it, this outbreak at the moment is this one of the worst outbreaks we've had for a while, Nick. Yeah, it is. It is the biggest we've ever had. The biggest yeah, we've ever yeah, had. Yeah,
1: it's right across across um, a number of suburbs now. And so how many suburbs are we talking about? It's over 300 now. I'll oh, get in across Metro Adelaide.
0: Yeah, and this is the worst we've had. Mm. Did you see it coming? Probably not. I mean, uh, how do you predict something like this, Nathan?
1: No, you can't
2: predict it. Um, We are aware that the environmental conditions over the course of the last year have been really conducive to fruit fly, and so we have had particularly high pest prevalence in, in those areas where it's established in interstate. Uh, so those sorts of things give us a, a cause for concern, but they're, they are beyond our control, obviously. you got a question about fruit fly? Call us right now,
0: 8223 0000, the number of hours. It's just on 11 minutes to two. Each week on Rowie's Sports Show, Rowie speaks to star players from the power, thanks to Puritap. Get a Puritap from $49 upfront on a payment plan. T's and C's at puritap.com.au.
2: There's many variables when shopping for clothing online.
3: Will it fit correctly? Will the quality be up to standard? And will it arrive on time? Hi ladies, Heather from Joyreen Fashions. For over 50 years, I've been curating
2: in-store shopping experiences to make your life easier. Our friendly team is on hand to make sure your garments fit correctly and most importantly, you feel good in them. Experience it for yourself at Joyreen Fashions for mothers and daughters, 491
3: Portrush Road, Glenunga.
2: I used to think a good day on the golf course was coming home with more than one golf ball, but my game has really stepped up thanks to Shane from Drummond Golf. Hi, Tom. How's the handicap going? Well, I've been personally my matched by you, and I'm hitting longer, straighter, and higher than I ever have before. I've dropped eight shots in the past six months. That's fantastic. We want people to love golf as much as we do. Just like we did for you, Tom, we put you through the my match process to pick the right clubs for you. We also do lessons at the driving range and kit them out in the best gear, all aimed to reduce their handicap. Well, it has worked a treat for me. I cannot recommend it enough. Go and see the team at Drummond Golf. Thank Thank you again, Shane. Enfield, Darlington, Mile End, Tetra Gully and the West Beach
1: Driving Range.
3: At Spotlight, a window's what you make it. Save 30% off made to measure curtains, blinds and shutters. Plus pay in full and get an extra 5% off. Book a free in-home measure and quote with your local consultant now. Call 1300 662 742. Exclusions apply. At Spotlight,
2: it's what you make it. I'm Kate Cotty, the first woman to sail solo, non-stop and unassisted
0: around the world. And if you're like me and where you call home changes over time, APO. Offers a range of home insurance options to choose from, including house, apartment,
4: and village living. Call Apia on 135050 50 for a quote today. Apia, get set, go. Apia is an authorised representative of AAI Limited, the product issuer. Limits, exclusions, and conditions apply. Before buying this insurance, read the PDS. Contact us for a copy.
2: Hi there, I'm Matt, a Specsavers optometrist. Did you know that every Specsavers is locally owned and operated by an optometrist just like me? We believe eye tests should reveal more, not cost more, which is why we include an OCT advanced 3D eye scan with every eye test, at no extra charge. Does your optometrist? Experience the Specsavers difference and book your eye test today. We're here to look after your eye health and keep you safe in store. Visit specsavers.com.au We
4: love to see see you,
0: With the end of financial year fast
3: approaching, now is the time to visit CMI Toyota, SA's number one selling Toyota
0: dealer. What are you waiting for? CMI Toyota has incredible deals on a range of new and pre-owned vehicles, so you hurry in and secure your new Toyota now. Visit
3: CMI Toyota today at West Terra City, Cheltenham or Christie's Beach. We love to see you, see you, Oh, what a feeling, Toyota. At my age, there's not many parts that don't hurt. <laughs> But at
0: night, when my hip gives me hell, sometimes there's no nurse to help me. Easing my pain,
3: is that too much to ask? The Royal Commission into Aged Care found there are not enough nurses to administer pain relief.
0: Ask the Morrison government to mandate staff ratio laws in aged care. Go to itsnottoo Authorised by EDABARS for ANMF Federation SA Branch, Ridleyton.
3: Scrape your caravan. Walker crash repairs, an RAA approved
0: caravan crash repairer. This is Tony Pilkington. Nathan Rhodes and uh, Nick are our guest uh, from the uh, Department of Primary Industries and Regions. We're talking about the um, the worst outbreak of uh, fruit fly we've ever had in this state of ours. So there's some issues to be tackled and questions to be asked. Uh, John, you're down at Flinders Park. John, thank you for the call. Your question for the gentleman is.
3: Good afternoon. Uh, I hope you can hear me. I'm hands free.
0: Yep, yep, yep. We can hear you. Go ahead.
3: Okay. We, we suspected we had fruit fly like our tomatoes that were grown at home. So we found the cancel. Uh, they put us on to somebody from, is he, right, prize, person or something. That's they advised us to take photographs, send them to, to them, uh, get the, the grubs, put them in the, um, the fridge to save them, they'll come round. We never seen nobody. That was months and months ago. Nobody even phoned us, visited us. We told all our neighbours, we ripped all our fruitos, but nothing happened. Mm.
1: That's, that's obviously not the way we want, want it to work. Um, you did send the photos through, and I, I can assume that uh, from that we've had a good look at what, at what you've got there, and, and it obviously wasn't fruit fly. but um, certainly there should have been a follow-up call to let you know that.
3: So you know you looked at my photos, do you?
1: Uh, no, but that's something that uh, that would have happened by routine. We, we we ask people for photos, we check them and if there is a problem, obviously we then need to pick up a sample.
3: Was, I, I went on the site that um, I was told to look at and I, I looked at the grub, magnified it and, and it was I'd say 99.9% what, what I was looking at.
1: Yeah, as you can imagine, in tomatoes, in particular, for some reason, tomatoes are particularly like this. There's a whole lot of different grubs that can get into tomatoes. And, and I know I've, I've looked at, 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 well, hundreds of tomatoes um, over my time, and, and uh, there are a number of other grubs that will get into them. And, and, and to be honest, I've never seen fruit fly in you know, a locally grown tomato, but it can happen. But it's certainly something that, that would have been checked.
0: Okay. Righto, no, Johnny, thank you for the call. Let's go to Waradale this time around, and for our guests, uh, uh, Dean's on the telephone. Dean, good afternoon. Welcome to the show. What's your question for uh, our guests?
4: Thank you. Good night, boys. Um, yeah, look, I've got a question about olives. I've only picked up your show the a, a part of it, so I'm not sure if someone might have asked this, but um, I know someone who has a lot of olive trees and at this time of the year usually picks their olives and then transports them to be pressed. Now, um... My understanding is that if if the olives are being picked from a green, uh, sorry, a yellow zone, um, they shouldn't be transported into a green zone for pressing. Is that correct?
1: So so well done, exactly. We've got controls in place in in our different zones and people would understand that um, hopefully that we've got um, our red zone around our outbreak area and and as you say, the yellow zone is a second line of defence. And and with the olives, you're absolutely right. What we need to do there, and we're doing it with some olive growers, is make sure that they travel in a a certified way, uh, in a secure way so they can go straight to to pressing. They're a little bit like the wine grapes where obviously that process of making oil out of the olives um, takes away a lot of the risk, but we need to make sure it's done properly in in a certified area and so we're certifying a lot of olive growers to make sure that that happens in a, in a, in a safe way and, and unless you get that certification then, then certainly those olives shouldn't move.
4: So this is a backyard olive, you know, it's a chapter of Italian background, growing olives in his backyard as a lot of people do. Um, so he, he, he would need to transport those olives, get certification from, I assume, Department of Primary Industry, is that right? To, to transport those olives.
1: That's right. The best thing you can do there is, is perhaps ask him to ring our one three hundred number, that one three hundred triple six zero one zero, and one of our inspectors will hmm. walk him through the process. Where the really important thing is, is making sure it's transported securely, and the processor knows what they're doing, so it's done. It's done in a way that's going to take away any risk. Well, that's
4: right. I was going to ask about the processor. What's the process? So, so the penalty for for doing this if you're not transporting them in a certified fashion. I mean, what what's the penalty you're looking at?
1: So there are there are penalties under the Plant Health Act, and, and obviously we, we try to avoid using those, but they are certainly yeah. there, um, up, up to uh, <laughs> several thousands of dollars. But but usually, in particular <laughs> with your your friend's case, there is a way that we can do that in a safe in a safe way.
0: Right, no, Tom and Dean, thank you for the call. Let's go to Holden Hill for the gentleman, and uh, Tom from there has given us a ring. Tom, good afternoon. Good afternoon, gents. Um, I've
4: only just tuned in, so apologies. Yeah, you know, my question sound a bit silly, but um, two questions is. What's the longest year by year that the outbreak has lasted in the suburbs here in Adelaide in the past? And the second question is, does it ever get to the stage where it's just not inviolable to have um, um, fruit trees growing in a suburban place?
2: Yeah, look, at, at some point, there, I guess there is that um, that tipping point, but we're a long way from that point at this stage. We're, we're still very confident that we can eradicate this outbreak, and even though, uh, as Nick said, it is one of the biggest that we've we've ever had, it's something that we are confident we can get on top of, uh, and, and we hope to do that over the course of the, the remainder of this year. All right.
4: Sure. The, reason, the reason why I'm asking is if, you know, because I've got um fruit tree seedling growing in pots and I I just don't want to go to be honest with you, I don't want to go all the problems of uh, the hassle of planting the bloody things and find out, you know, down the track that it's becoming just a bit too much um problem for for the effort involved, you know?
2: Yeah, I understand. And and look even even uh yeah, you know, even if you are in an outbreak area and we're having to to manage those fruit trees, there are still things that you can do at home to ensure that they you know you, you minimise the risk of them being infested. And They're the sorts of things that we went through earlier, where you pick the fruit and, uh, and make sure you keep your garden tidy. Uh, a gentleman from uh, Elaine sending us an email. She says that, uh, you mentioned at the
0: beginning of the show there's something like 300 Adelaide suburbs and even some up in the Riverland. She said um, are the suburbs in a particular area a particular uh, region close to the uh, to the coast or close to a river? Uh, can you be definitive on that one?
2: Yeah, so probably the easiest way is for people to go to our website and have a look at the map, right. and that's uh, fruitfly.sa.gov.au. Uh, you'll see that the the outbreak areas go from Semaphore Park out on the coast across the north of Adelaide through to Campbelltown, and then we have another couple down at um, uh, Black Forest and Marleston, uh, just down to the southwest of Adelaide. Alright. Um, Philippa says
0: that if you, um, if you suspect or perhaps you're certain that you've got fruit fly and you contact that 1300 number, uh, she said, um, is it then imperative that you, you notify your neighbors and people in close proximity that you, you, you're fearing uh, that you may
1: have a fruit fly outbreak? Certain, certainly they, they need to know. We'll, we'll do that. Um, but um, oh, yeah. um, certainly if, if you want to let your neighbours know, because it's not just a backyard issue. It's something that obviously a fly won't fly very far, but the neighbours need to be aware of the risk as well. So yeah. that would certainly help.
0: Right. On. These are fruit flies, this is from uh, from Eleanor. She said, uh, do they represent a danger to uh, other... other uh Things in your garden. I suppose you're talking about
2: flowers and stuff like that. She said, or are they just designed mainly for fruit trees? Yeah, very much. It's those those fruit trees, those hosts that we talked about. That the ones that will damage. We, we do sometimes find them in non-fruit trees, but it's generally the adults that are just sitting there. Uh, uh, yeah. Nick, and that telephone number again. Thirteen hundred number.
1: One three hundred triple six zero one zero.
0: Gentlemen, thank you for the time this afternoon. Good luck with what's obviously going to be a busy few months for you, even though it's winter. Uh, our guest this afternoon will be Nathan Rhodes and uh, Nick Seacombe talking about the uh, the worst outbreak of fruit fly we've ever had in this state of ours. And that telephone number, if you are concerned or you're looking for information, it's a 1300 number, 1300 666 010, 1300 666 010. Nathan and Nick, thanks for the time this afternoon. Congratulations on the work you do. We'll catch you up again sometime soon. Thank you. It's just on 2 o'clock.